Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Yeah. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. We in Outshine. Bitcoins, we got them. Acquire, never sell. But catch us rolling deep like Adele. Bitcoin, blockchains, cryptocurrencies. Three guys faded talking Bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast, insane. And adoption is still the only thing, thing, thing that matters, man. Hey, everybody. Still in Mexico. DevCon recap part two. We just wrapped up DevCon, so we are going to share our thoughts with the second half. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. All right, so this is. Uh, Shout out to Michael. Who's Michael? <laughs> the guy we met at DevCon. We gave him the hat because he got all three uh, business cards. Yeah. The one who was. Uh, Talking about space exploration and VR DNA strands. That's the guy. Shout out to Michael. Shout out to Michael. He formed Voltron by getting all three of our business cards, which gave him a free hat. Yeah. Free hat. And he was rocking it, too. I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate your swagger. All right. But I interrupted you. Go on. What was I going to say? I don't remember. Shout out to Reese, who has a podcast, who was actually doing more podcasty stuff than we were. Shout out to Omar, who was doing more stuff than we were doing too yeah they were going after it yeah they do video podcasts i think so we we just wanted to pump the brakes and just talk to people without collecting information we're also publicly. veterans in the game so we just we deserve a break yeah I don't, know. I don't know i was there to learn like i want i came to listen to what they had to say as opposed to immediately try and push it out and i don't know that, that's i wasn't there to to broadcast, yeah. there to learn, just learn. Yeah, yeah. Same here. So day two. That's gonna be day 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 three, right? We we did day recapping. one and day two. Yeah, we're on the first one. Now we're on day three. I was looking at my notes, and I progressively got less note taking. Note taking. I don't know. I did so. Day three was I basically spent my entire time on the zero knowledge breakout sessions. What did you, what did y'all do? Uh, I was in the main hall and I learned a lot from MetaMask. They were dissecting the thoughts, starting with the eyes and the brain and how they are now incorporated in all of the browsers except for Safari, which makes you know less steps to what you want to do. Are they in Edge? I don't yeah. think they're in no, Edge. No, they're not. In edge, edge is garbage. They're in Firefox, You're talking about Chrome, Paribus? Brave... Yeah. Okay, that's not Edge's is Internet yeah, Explorer. Oh, you're talking about Microsoft. I thought Microsoft you were talking about Internet Explorer. It might be Internet Explorer. Yeah. But that's garbage. So no one uses that anymore. Yeah, no one uses that anymore. Um, Forty anyone forty five years and older is using Microsoft Edge. Was I think I think I heard that a big part of what their announcement was is that um like you don't need to be like a user a new DAPS doesn't need to add on or add an extension in order to use the DAP. It's just gonna be you're gonna like as you build a, a decentralized application you'll be able to incorporate 
MetaMask into it so that you don't need to do anything extra to interface with it, which is really nice. The actual function you'll need to call is called MetaMascara. Really? That's what it's called. Yeah. It was presented by a young lady, and uh, she said MetaMask. I think she was like the person who built the function that you'll need to call on your dApps. It's called MetaMascara. Um, I had to Google how to spell mascara. I was putting Q's in there. No, definitely not any Q's in there. There's not a Q in mascara? There's not a Q in mascara. It's M-A-S-C-A-R-A, I think. I don't think that's how you spell like the eyeliner mascara, though, is it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's how you spell it. I thought it's it was... like masquerade. I thought it was like masquerade, but apparently I didn't know anything about women's makeup, which is a good, which is a right... Which is a thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, yeah, MetaMascara. So for you guys this building dApps and you want to build in MetaMask functionality without having to force your users to download MetaMask, then if you call on the function MetaMascara, then they don't have to download MetaMask. It just pops up in your dApp. So that was pretty cool. They did start off with some more, like on day three, they started off with some, uh, like, this is how you, this is the introduction to smart contracts, which I thought was useful for a lot of people who, I mean, it is a developer conference. I'm not terribly sure how many people are there besides y'all too, I guess, that don't, aren't, haven't been introduced to smart contracts and Solidity, but um, that was uh, Jameson Lop, I believe. No, Hudson Jameson okay. uh, gave this nice introduction to smart contracts. And they talked about some of like, flexibility and vulnerabilities and where the Solidity language is going, which was really nice. But I missed everything outside of zero knowledge after that. So I spent my entire time doing that. I left super early, day three. We are in Cancun. So. Yeah, I uh, I went swimming in the ocean. Corey, tell, you should tell them about your idea about the idea you had about zero knowledge. No, not yet. Needs, no? It needs more fleshing out before I start talking about that live. Uh, we could talk about dinner with my Ether wallet. was good. Yeah, we went out yeah. we went out and had some drinks with my Ether wallet. And if you're listening and you're way more into Ether than you are into Bitcoin and you're very familiar with my Ether wallet, you should feel very comfortable that the team behind my Ether wallet is as solid as adamantium. I realize that's a fake metal, but you probably get the point. I don't, it's real metal. I don't, it's real metal. It's adamantium real. is adamantium real? Adamantium is a real metal. A real, it's I a real element. Is it as real as unobtainium? That's not an element. Adamantium, I believe, is a real element. You cannot, you cannot fuse it with your skeleton, however. That is fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. I just got so happy for like a split second. You ruined it for me. Yeah, we had drinks with them. Had a good time. Hung out with them. Yep. Yep. It was fun. Good people. Good people. Well, yeah, we okay. birthed a new shirt idea. It's coming at you soon. Yeah, we're we coming it. out with a nice a nice Ethereum <laughs> DevCon 3 shirt. we got a DevCon 3 special shirt coming at you. Um, hope you like it. I would say from day three, um, a lot of it was deep into the dev talk, and I'm not a developer. Even though the more the more I'm around here, I realize like I need at least a smidgen of development skills, just a little bit, so I can keep up with the conversation and the, the thought processes. Um, I'll, say, a, this, I'll say this much: um, if you're like weary or questionable about the Zcash Foundation and the scientists at Zcash about what their motivations are or whether or not they're doing anything, you need to watch 
all of the zero knowledge talks they had. They did a really good job of explaining what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it and how this stuff works. So like introductions to what even zero knowledge snarks are, yeah. what introduction to what a Stark is, zero knowledge Stark, which is a very, which is a different type of zero knowledge proof. And like the types of things Zcash is trying to do on that particular coin, how they're built into Ethereum, what that means, all kinds of good stuff. So like all the, all those talks were fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and I want to say like some of the feedback of the recap one was like, hey, could you please include some of the talks in the show notes that you guys, no, I'm in Cancun. I'm just gonna get the episode up for you. You're just gonna have to do your own due diligence to find all the talks. <laughs> all, the, all the presentations are online. I'm just, not, I'm not gonna put them individually, but they are available. Just, it, it, it's easy. Just yeah. If you go to the DevCon website, they have all the presentations there. Live. No, they don't. They're not live yet. Is that not the eventually? They will eventually. Right now, all you can do is watch the live streams on YouTube, but they're like four hours long. So like, you can watch each breakout session yeah. or each session just straight. Just you straight just stream. It just the other day. That was a, that was that was a four hour long video, that was cut to the correct time. Ah, uh, okay. So they're gonna wait and. I would imagine they'll take these streams, these official streams, and then cut them into the appropriate talks, with links to all the slides. Right they now, better. that's not you can't do that. Okay. All right. Uh, well, we'll just speak on it then until it is there, and still give our recommendations. So. What'd you guys do last night, day three? No. We went to a party. It was cool. Uh, ate some authentic tacos. Super authentic tacos. I got Super bit authentic. up by mosquitoes. Yeah, destroyed. They destroyed me. Um, yeah, here's a lesson. When you come to Cancun, uh, bring mosquito uh, repellent because they treat you like a T-bone steak and there's nothing you can do about it. There's an army of them. Pretty sure it was black fly. You think so? Not mosquitoes. I don't know. But either way, it sucked and they hurt and they bothered me. Do we say African-American fly? They're just they're just black. Okay. Um, day four. Day four. Today was awesome, man. Okay, I like today because today was the day where you um, you get to see stuff like stuff people are building, and I thought that was really cool. I was most impressed with the Slocket team, um, which I know a lot of you right now are saying like, "Aren't those the Dow guys?" And I'll say like, "No, not entirely." Like, yeah. The whole team? I thought it was like a few of them that were like, we're doing this DAO thing. Well, they wanted to use it as a vehicle to end up funding the Slocket, what they're trying to do with this sharing economy. Mm-hmm. And it was a good idea. And so like it was a way to like, it was, it was it was an attempt to try and make Ethereum into some way, like some giant vehicle to then organize where they put money. And they wanted to be the first thing that put a bid in for that money. That was the idea of the DAO. That yeah. apparently didn't happen. Well, we all know what happened with the Dow. It wasn't their fault, but what happened, what happened. What happened was what happened. But the, the sharing economy thing was really neat. He showed on stage live demonstration of renting a microwave and turning it on and using it. And then and then renting a space and unlocking the, the uh, smart locks. So for you guys out there to have like smart locks that you can lock away from your home. You can now uh, give that lock an identifier on the Ethereum blockchain, and you can like rent out a house, and whoever rented the house could have access to locking and unlocking that that um, that house like remotely. Uh, that was really cool. I thought that demonstration was the coolest. Yeah, think about like Airbnb on Ethereum, like 
It's I'm yeah. renting this lock that opens whatever this thing is for this amount of time. Yep, that's as easy as it and is. So that's it. If somebody could program a smart contract, then that's it. I'm renting this lock for this amount of time, and it'll respond to that phone for that duration of time, and then after that, it's locked again. So that's, I mean, that's just a pain point. Like we're saying at Airbnb right now, they have to have someone manage the property, keep track of what the codes are on the locked doors and all that nonsense. Doesn't seem like a lot, but imagine just eliminating that. So um, that one was cool. Which talks did you yes. guys like? Oh, I like the um, I like the data mechanics of saving the planet, which is uh, centered around carbon farming, which I know nothing about, but it resonated with me because it it really is a huge problem with such an easy solution, and it's a big problem because we're lazy. So they kind of created this marketplace for farmers to own their own data. And the speaker was Gregory Landua. I hope I didn't butcher your last name. It's hard to say names. It's hard. (laughs) But he had the best mustache at the conference. (laughs) That's true. Um, I, I just think what they're doing is not only fascinating, but it's important. And I know a lot of people are building things, but I don't know if it's necessarily important. I think they're just building... A solution to a problem but this isn't it's important and um their white paper is almost done and they're like on the cusp of like like getting feedback and then using that feedback to kind of complete their mission so it's it's almost materialized it's right there so i I thought it was uh, a good discussion that kind of wrote me in and then i didn't really understand it too much but the swarm city with the gas station stuff yeah I can, I can I can go on that. One. So, that yeah. thing, so Swarm City is like a. They seem to be building like a nice peer to peer marketplace where like any any time you have like two parties that want to interact or exchange something, you can make that. But there's this issue like they want to talk about two things in particular during their talk, and one of them was called it was called a gas station, and it was this idea that like so for all of these ERC twenty tokens that we have, for various reasons for various utilities, for whatever, right? There's a lot of people building on top of Ethereum. They create a token and then use that token inside their decentralized application or platform. But say, for instance, someone gives me tokens in some new Ethereum address that I create. I now have tokens, but I can't use them because in order to move tokens, you have to execute a smart contract, which means you need to send a transaction on Ethereum to do that which costs gas, which is paid in ether. So if I create a new address and someone sends tokens to that address, it has all these cool tokens, which may have value, but I can't do anything with them because there's no ether in that. And so from a usability standpoint, that's hard for to adopt new people because they're like, it's confusing on why they need these things, why they need two tokens mm-hmm. when they're just trying to interact with some DAP, right? And so they created this... Um, smart contract that allows you to basically click a button to buy gas with whatever token you want. So like it's, it's like if you keep along with the analogy, these literally are gas stations that accept whatever ERC20 token you would like, to, the, the gas station would be willing to accept. And you can even have multiple gas stations accepting the same one and the end user just choosing whichever one is cheapest. And what I thought was even more interesting about that is that the you can automatically top up a gas station that you own 
through Ether Delta, which is a decentralized exchange, by selling the token that you accept for more Ether. And it's supposed to work as though if you just have this gas station running, when you top up, you end up with more Ether than what you initially seeded the gas station with. So if I like started this smart contract gas station, I put one Ether inside of it, and then people used it, and I, I accepted this token for it. At the end of the day, when I sold that token for everything that I bought, I would end up with like 1.1 Ether. So I just gained Ether just for providing a service without really having to do anything, which is a great idea because there's a problem. People don't want to try and figure out ways to get Ether under all these new contracts for various tokens because the number of tokens is going to keep going on. Mm -hmm. And people can make money just off like just providing that as a service, but in an automated way. So you think it's going to ever be a problem like all these dApps? All need tokens, all these tokens, all these, like, who, what user is going to want to manage hundreds of tokens? Okay, well, I'm an exception because I'm probably the only person with, like, hun- over 100 apps sitting at this table right now. But, like, what user wants to manage 10 different co- tokens just to use a application? I don't know. Eventually, there's going to be there, there. There will be solutions for things like that. Because right now, that was a problem. They painted solutions, so it's easy to provide the gas to use applications. And this is very much like if you want to drive a car around, you need to put gas in it. Mm-hmm. Gas for like cars provide a lot of utility, but unfortunately, you need to put gas in them. There's other ways you need to maintain your car, but at the end of the day, it's run by gas. So if you're a user and you're like, I want to use this dab, but I don't have any unleaded. I need to get some unleaded fuel. To run that dap. All right, I got the fuel, but now I don't have enough fuel for my other daps. Yeah, it's, it's it's a usability problem, and it'll be solved eventually when utility is the main reason people are using all these things. Right now, it's all speculation. No one's using daps because they're There's not no usable. <coughs> they're not usable. Yeah, they're not usable, and it's tough. And I mean, I think Ethereum is great. It just has so, it's got so many hurdles to, to overcome before it's massively adopted. I think. Lots of hurdles. Right. right now though, I'm comfortable with my portfolio. It, te- it seems as though most people who are building something have just, I mean, I said this, I think I even tweeted it during these things. Most people are finding new ways to Merkleize some type of data, so to put some type of data in a Merkle tree, mm-hmm. and then make that accessible for other people. So, like, just go learn about Merkle trees if you want to get into the space. It's you, ba- at the base level. Do you think that? Um, I'm just always concerned about the users. Do you think the user is going to be comfortable with the fact that, in order to use a global computer, you have to pay to use it? Don't you think most users would say like, I don't even, I have a home computer. Why do I need a global computer? It depends. It depends. If they want to send money globally, it, it, yeah. there's a trade-off, right? There's there's reasons you want to, you would use something like this as opposed to something else. Like it's it, this end up, this may end up being cheaper than using a Visa network to pay for things eventually. 
when you go overseas and you pay for some service, you just use whatever your phone has because it's already set up to do this stuff. Yeah. Infra- we're building infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It, right now, it's cumbersome. It's more difficult. There's there's steps you have to go through to make it work and use it. Eventually, hopefully, yeah. it's not. You just swipe your fucking card or like scan a QR That's code it. and it I works. I live in a world where I can say, this is my email address. This is my money address. Doesn't matter what money you have. Doesn't matter what it is. Send it there. I'll deal with it on my end, but I can take whatever money you want. So. All right, 20 minute mark. Final thoughts. Final um, thoughts. We're I don't even know if we're the early adopters phase. I feel like we're reporting on the innovators phase. Like this is this, this stuff is this now this shit is far from from where it needs to be to get the Becky's and Joseph's downloading it and playing around with it. It's far. It looks nice, but it's far. That's my final. Yeah, they're still finalizing a bunch of standards. I mean, it, it's clear that none of this technology scales. Yep. Everyone I would it. say Bitcoin's growth right now is because it doesn't scale. Like, it's just everyone's trying to vie for the same small source of Bitcoin. And it, it, it doesn't scale. So, like, it's just like it's this hot commodity. So, when it does scale, they have a shitload of it. And Ethereum is the same situation. They're working on standards to figure out how to scale things. None of this scales to a global level. Things don't scale until they need to. And when they do, then it'll probably take over to become norm. But until that happens, we're just trying to find cool things that will work yep. well later on. Things don't scale until they need to. That's what I'll, I'll keep preaching that until the day they burn me. Bury me. All right. Well, peace out from Cancun. Yeah.